0: The year is over, and what an end to the year for the Pacers who win their third in a row in a story-filled game. Two records tied, While Zerbiak and Hallie chat, We'll talk best of 2023 and Pacers Nick with Zach Pearson on today's Locked On Pacers podcast.
1: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day
0: what up y'all happy sunday slash monday whenever you're listening and welcome into another edition of the locked on pacers podcast where we of course talk about the indiana pacers as always my name's tony east i cover the team for forbes and si and depending on when you're listening happy new year we've got a lot to talk about today what a game for the pacers saturday night they play the knicks Tyrese Halliburton ties a franchise record. The Pacers tie a franchise record. Wally Zerbiak sits courtside and sees it all. There's so much to talk about from that game. The Knicks trade for OGN and OB. We don't even cover that today. I'll talk about OGN and OB, that trade, what it means to the Pacers tomorrow. But the year's over. It's time for a favorite yearly show. Looking back at the best of 2023, for the Indiana Pacers and who better to do it with than the guy we've done it with every year so far Zach Pearson from Pacers Press we'll talk Pacers Knicks we'll talk Pacers Bucks a little because that game's tonight and we'll talk the best of the year on today's podcast let's just get right into it I thought this show would be easy talk about a knicks game talk about 2023 look at the bucks a little bit and then the craziest game of the pacers season maybe in terms of records and stories just pops up out of nowhere on saturday night 2023 ending on a high note with lots of franchise records and who better to come back for our yearly tradition recapping the best of the year it's zach pearson from pacers press zach we had Zerbiak, we had franchise records for assists, we had franchise records for threes. We've got John Stockton and Magic Johnson references being pulled out for stat lines. Did you have a favorite thing from Pacers Knicks? It was quite the
1: game. It was an awesome game. Yeah, I thought um, one of the one of the coolest moments throughout, obviously Tyrese Halliburton went off, but um, the, I, I tweeted out a picture of it. They showed it on the broadcast about Wally and, and Tyrese having a little bit of a stare down, little chat back and forth um i'm pretty sure wally is over that by now but it's something that he's gonna he's just gonna have to take so uh that was definitely a pretty cool moment to see uh just tyrese and and him being in person too i think a lot of people on twitter were talking like you know that's that's a mistake but you know he's got to do a job so you know you only do so much at that point it was the first time Halbert got to finish a game
0: against him since then because he got hurt in new york last year yeah in their first game after the comments Um, Okay, I agree with you. You're right. They both kind of want it to be over. But I'm not going to speak for Tyrese Halberd. I'm just going to use facts about him to talk about this for a second. He admits all the time that he's petty. (laughs) He also has admitted that he holds the smallest things as motivation, like tweets from accounts with, like, four followers. He'll, like, bookmark for motivation, right? So an actual serious thing that happened in the NBA landscape, like – he is going to use that as motivation. I know he'll he'll toe the, the party line and say, like, yeah, it's just a little side story. It's over now. But, like, he will, he will use that, those kind of things, to motivate him. And he certainly did in this game. It was very clear. I don't remember what the play was where he looked at him the first time um, in the fourth quarter. But then between the free throws he did and then, again, when he tied the franchise record with the 23rd assists, clearly – looking right at him, and I asked him after the game if it motivated him at all. He said yes on no uncertain terms. So uh, I think they're both ready to put it behind him, obviously, and Derbiak kind has of since apologized, and now Halburns had his game against him. It's all cool. I, I, I thought it was fun. I like extracurriculars like that, but I also do think it's now uh, an over thing. Halbert did show that, it is, that the wannabe was uh, the wrong word
1: to use in that moment. Yeah, and I think what's funny, too, is like after Wally said that, Tyrese had never been an all-star, but he might actually be a lock for an all-star for like the next 10 years easily. (laughs) And so it's just like funny to see the, that's the start of that chain reaction kind of from, from where he was last year to now. So
0: yeah, he took off like right away after that last year too, right? Like yeah, pretty much right. Good games all in a row. And that's when he was like, Hey, he's riding the edge to like, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) He's going to make it (laughs) this year. And now he's doing it against the Knicks and against his friend Jalen Brunson and a a pretty like that the context of this game is weird because the Knicks rotation was so random. I'll talk about the Ananobi trade tomorrow, I guess Um, that would have been a topic on this if this game wasn't so drama filled and it wasn't the yearly show to do, but they were like their starting lineup was still good, but their bench was not. (laughs) So it was a weird game, but the Knicks are still good and like Brunson was good and Randall was good. So to have something to, push the Pacers to a, a, an important win. Three in a row heading into the new year. They close out an important sketch that I highlighted on their schedule going four and two, whatever they needed to have that extra kick in the pants. Uh, I'm all, I think they're, they're all, they're all about it and they got it done. Okay. But that doesn't even that that's like, we'll toss that to the side. John Stockton and Magic Johnson are the only two players ever <clears throat> before this week of have consecutive games, scoring 20 points and dishing out 20 assists. And now, for the first time in either of our lives, Zach, someone has done it. Someone else has done it. It was Tyrese Halberton who did it in Chicago in a game that he was kind of missing some shots and didn't even feel like he had the scoring impact. In this one, he was the only player on the Pacers against the Knicks who shot under 50% from three, but he was on fire from two. He got to the foul line, 22 points. 23 assists, two turnovers, third player ever to have consecutive 2020 games. Insane. It's just like totally insane. No one on the Pacers except for James Johnson was alive the last time this happened in the NBA. Yeah, two, yeah. the it's 23rd assists late in the game. The 23rd assist tied Jamal Tinsley for the Pacers franchise record for assists in a game, which is also nuts. Um going to have that on his own at some point. I don't know when that's fantastic. He said he didn't know what the franchise record was, or he would have gone for 24, which he could have gotten. Um, He's just on it right now. And they, the Knicks kind of blitzed and then retreated from it early in the game. And then they were hard blitzing him late in the game. So not only did he set a record, he did it against the coverage that provided him a ton of, of press this month because, it was changing the way he was being played, and he had to adjust to it. It was an all-timer performance from him, following up another all-timer performance from him. Uh, a week to remember passing the ball, and of course, his teammates deserve credit for making shots. We'll talk about that in a second, but he's on a, he's on another level right now. It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's been doing that. I mean, all season, obviously, he's been so impressive. But I, I've been talking to a couple people uh, outside, like after after the games as well, and it's almost like. It's not like a quiet game for him. Like he's always kind of going in the fourth. It it seems like, but throughout the game, it almost is like in the first half. He's just kind of like seeing what the punches are being thrown at him, and, and then kind of like dishing the ball where it needs to go before kind of turning on the switch to score. Um, and when he's done that, he's yeah. been he's been so good. And it, I, I I tweeted this a couple maybe last week. Like when he's not hitting or anything like when, when he's just not on, you can tell like the whole kind of offensive flow is off. So uh, the Pacers being really reliant on him has been maybe some of their issue with that four game losing streak. Um, but you know, when he, when he is on, it's, it's the best and it's, you know, it's easy to, to root for and cheer for. So um, yeah, he's, he's been, he's been on it and you know, 20 and 20 back to back is, is insane.
0: It's wild that like, you know, I, this was kind of like the case with Ben Matherin last year. His free throw rate's down this year, so this isn't the same. But last year, Matherin could shoot, like, three for ten, but he'd shoot seven or eight free throws, and so his efficiency was still good, right? Hal Burton, it's a different thing, but, like, he'll go two for nine for three like this. And he made a bunch of two, so it's different, but, like, a wildly effective game because he's just completely carving up the defense and tossing these awesome passes, and they have to react to him, Then everybody else is having a nice night, and, like, that, that that keeps your offense going if you you know miss a bunch of threes and can't get going like if he if you went five for nine from deep in this game right that's nine more points like that's a 30 20 game with two turnovers like they would have won, won by 40 like you know it, it's just nuts what he's been able to do and doing it in consecutive games is absolutely bananas and the Zerbiak part of it was fun and that isn't even the last franchise record that we have to talk about from this game I thought this was fitting because I'm corny They had the last game of 2023 Tyrese Halliburton tied the record with 23 assists as an individual and the Pacers tied the franchise record with 23 made threes as a team. Derek Kramer got me on this one. So shout out to him for pointing it out after the game outside of Tyrese Halliburton. Hilariously, everybody who attempted a three in this game for the Pacers shot at least 50 percent from three, which is just like insane. Neesmith was on fire. Turner was on fire. Matherin was on fire. I mean, they, no matter who shot it, you felt good about it. And it, and look, duh, when you set a franchise record, like, yeah, they were hot. They were hot from three. Like, that, that's undeniable. They went 23 or 42. They made over half of them. But they were all, like, pretty open, right? Like, they did a good job with what the Knicks, uh, how the Knicks were covering them and providing them with opportunities to seize that space. And they always talk about this, right? Paint to great. They want to get in the paint to get better shots elsewhere, whether it's in the paint or beyond the arc. They did that all night, no matter who was in a point guard. And they deserve credit for creating the open threes as much as they do making them. So 23 threes, 23 assists for an individual to end up 2023. That's pretty cool. I, I, lots of records, and they were on fire from deep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, Neesmith was on fire. It's much easier to get 20 assists when everybody makes everything. Um, and, and the Pacers were just doing that all night long. Even Miles Turner, I think he made six threes, which is just, you know, that's exactly what you want out of Miles. Um, it, I think he took like eight total, but, you know, still making six is awesome. And, uh, yeah, like I said, everything's just going to be a ton easier spacing wise if, if people can hit like that. Um, the, the shooting percentages were crazy. Um, but everybody did kind of seem open like that, but it, and the Knicks, they, to their credit, they were, they were hitting as well. So yeah. like the Pacers answered luckily. Um, but yeah, that, that was just awesome to see the, the, the flow of the, the offense through Tyrese that way, the Pacers
0: were terrible for the first, like three minutes of the game. It was like 13 to four.
1: Like you snapped yeah. your
0: fingers. Right. And they were awesome the rest of the game, but like the Knicks shot really well from three 17 to 37 they were they had fewer turnovers they crushed on the offensive glass like so many numbers that said the Knicks should have won this game but the Pacers outside of that first stretch defended pretty well again I mean not great but better you know better than they have against good teams in the past they did well against Randall they did well enough against Brunson if that DiVincenzo wasn't on fire they would have had a really great defensive game they beat a good team They set some records. That's a good win. That's a good way to end a three-game winning streak and end the year. Pacers needed some cushion heading into their January, and they got it. Hey, guys, have to really quickly talk to you about the lovely people over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet 150 bucks how about that that's 150 in bonus bets win or lose who the app is super easy to use and there's so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays they have new bets that you can figure out in their explore tab you can make a parlay in their parlay hub the best way to find popular parlays and they have plenty more so visit fanduel.com slash lockdown for that offer win or lose 150 bucks if you place that five dollar bet and make your first bet a lab Fanduel, an official partner of the nfl and zach the year is over it's time for our fun the best of the year heading into a new year we do this every i have to put this episode out early so it doesn't come out in 2024 uh we each came up with our three best pacers moments of 2023 the game last night is a contender for me zach it was a uh, quite the night i will let you go first give me one of your top three pacers moments for 2023
1: Okay, so the game last night was really, really good. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna leave that off the table for a different game. Going to go uh, Pacers versus Boston, the in-season tournament game. Um, one that I was actually there in person for is one of the loudest I can remember the Fieldhouse being uh, for a long time. And it was just one of those all-time kind of games that you can see, you know, the, the crowd was into it the whole time. Tyrese went off. Um, it, w- it was just fun to see uh, that atmosphere. And, and, and that playoff kind of feel with the in-season tournament. Um, something I really want to see back, you know, hopefully soon for the Pacers. But um, yeah, I think that was as close as we're going to get for for at least, you know, until, until we find out how the season shakes out. But um, yeah, it was a really fun game. Boston's a great team. Um, I don't think Porzingis played, but it was still a really fun team, a uh, fun game. So that was, that was one of my best uh, of the year for sure.
0: Yeah, they played a team that Beat them by fifty-one <laughs> earlier in the same season, right? And I Halberton did not play that night, and Porzingis did. Okay, I get that. Um, they played it an in-season tournament game. And the thing about this that you know, I don't want to get too like on my soapbox here that that game they did not know they were going to have a home game or who their opponent was going to be until like five days before, right? So they could sell tickets because they knew they were going to have a home game, like. 10 days before or something. I forget exactly how the in-season tournament shook out, but they didn't know who they were going to play, what day it was going to be. So the fact that they were able to get the building to that level, to play a Celtics team that you don't have a lot of time to prep for because of all that, uh, an unscheduled game, right? A team that kicked your butt to have their best to that point to me, defensive game of the season, to have Haliburton play a very Tyrese Haliburton game, a triple-double, a tr- are you kidding? On national TV, they were on TNT for the first time to beat the Celtics, who still, to me, have been the best team in the NBA this season. They were 15-4 and entering that game. That was like they're – we don't know what the Pacers season is going to end up being. They could have an awful January. We've seen that they can have a low stretch after a couple weeks ago. And they could be three games, four games, five games under 500 a month from now. But if they can keep their head above water – for January, and then you know, be a team that is ready for a postseason or plan or whatever. Like that night will be the turning point to me. They entered at ten and eight, and like, oh, they've beaten some good teams, but lost to some crappy teams. And they enter exited that night, headed to Vegas. Everyone was like, oh, <laughs> Pacers might be pretty good. And I think that was a significant moment for the growth of this team, and really the, you know, you you were there, the gripping of a fan base. Like it was a big deal. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, especially it being on national TV. I mean, you couldn't really have asked for a better stage. So uh, to, to play like that, like you said, was just awesome to see. My So I will springboard off of you because
0: my one of my three was just the in-season tournament, right? I didn't put a specific moment as my best of the year. Like, this was what made it so special. But, you know, they they have talked about, mainly Tyrese, but the team in general, like, they have the one national TV game this year. Next, this coming January, so a month from now, basically, if you're listening to this when it comes out, in Boston, right? They know it. They know what it is. They want to be ready for it. And that's great because they want that attention. They feel like you know they're good and ascending. So to to earn more of them, and we just talked about one of them to earn more of them. TNT once, ESPN twice. To play well in them is already impressive, right? They put a lot on their own shoulders and they handle it well. To beat two awesome teams, the two best teams in the East, on that stage, very impressive. To go to Vegas with the glitz and glamour and the media attention on their team and have that ascent in front of everybody was so incredible. Like, that is hard to do. The mental toll that that could have taken. Like If they had gotten smoked by Milwaukee, I'd have been like, yep. (laughs) You know, they weren't ready for a game like that. And everyone would have understood. I mean, they would have gotten crushed. They should have if that happened. But. Everyone would have understood why, but they didn't. They were ready for it. They were down three in the fourth quarter in the finals, and they they were not really in that game. The Lakers were much better than them. But to have that whole run establish a team, put them on the map, take them from like young scrappy ascending Pacers to like, and even the Pacers have said this: like now when they play teams, there is no more like the Pacers sneak up on you and you're not ready to play. Everyone's like, oh, these guys can beat anybody. They're very good. They have a high peak. Like the whole in-season tournament run was a very special part of this year for that team. And it was really fun to cover it. And and Vegas specifically, I think, was a big deal for them. It was a really fun way for 2023 to go for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, like the playoff feel, I don't think you can really simulate that. So for yeah. that young team being able to show what they are capable of in that kind of atmosphere was was really, really cool to see. And there were some fun battles throughout. I mean, they didn't lose. Up until the end so it was it was really cool to see them get hot like that and uh, i think the players really took it seriously um you could tell they were all in so it was was really cool to see
0: i don't know how much playoff experience could be like quantified on the scoreboard when the playoffs come but like let's pretend the pacers are the seven seed this year or the eight seed and they lose four two instead of four one like you can be like well that could have gone a lot worse if the end season tournament didn't happen like they avoid a sweep or something maybe they do better than that right like they have clearly shown they have a high peak but you know, it, it, what, they could legitimately have one more win because they're more mentally prepared to me. Like, that is realistic. I don't think it's going to be like swinging a series. But, you know, it, it could matter in a close game come playoff time. I, I will go next. I like being able to draw. This is the, What I like about this is it forces me to look back at last season and see if there was any special games. And there was one. There were a couple, but there was one. And I remembered this game earlier this week, too, just because I was thinking back. Pacers Bulls in Chicago back in March. And this game, I don't remember, people don't remember this. Pacers were fighting for the play in still, right? This was pretty late in the season. They were in the set. This was the Pacers, uh, to do some quick math, 67th game. And they were in Chicago and winning uh, would have put them ahead of the Bulls in the standings and clinched the tiebreaker. So if there was. Uh, you know, if there was a chance to play, and this was a very significant game, and in the fourth quarter, um, let me count really quick: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in the final five minutes of this game, final five and a half minutes of this game, the lead changed hands. The Bulls had a pitch had a Bulls had a pitch had it. it was tied a lot. Um, Levine was hitting shots, DeRozan was hitting shots, and pointedly, Zach Levine with forty nine seconds left. Hit a shot to give the Bulls the lead, and then he made two free throws to tie the game with 22 seconds left. And then Tyrese Halliburton, of course, with Patrick Beverly guarding him, a guy who has who had talked about Halliburton's season and merit and his ascent, and you know was just interested in in Tyrese Halliburton as a, as a young player, was guarding him, and Halliburton wait wait called his own number, waved off a play, and with two seconds left, 30 feet step back right over Patrick Beverly, bam drills it huge shot. One of his signature shots of last season, but the one of 2023, the 2023 part of it over Patrick Beverly Pacers win. They pass the bulls in the standings, huge game, huge win. Awesome shot. Uh, Halberton would get hurt again (laughs) and, and then they would not make the play in. And that didn't end up mattering as much as it felt like it did in the moment. But that was such an awesome game and a huge moment for him again and that could have been had they made the plan and gotten some earlier experience like we talked about on that stage a very significant shot because you know he played that game he played two more and then he missed six in a row and they only won two of them and then he returned for two and they lost both of those like their season very quickly took a turn after that but had they made the plan him returning that night too because he missed the Spurs game right before that with that performance would have meant everything to them. It was such an awesome game and an awesome moment.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, the Patriots to this point really haven't had that much success in the play-in. Um, they, I think last year, like you said, they, they didn't even make it to it, but I think the one game they played was that against the Wizards. For the Hornets and Wizards that first Hornets year. Yeah. And, Wizards, yeah, and I don't think we won a game. Um, so that that was um, you know, something that I think if they do find themselves in the play in spot, they're obviously gonna be, you know, trying to to get past that this year and, and try to get into the playoffs. So um, you know, you, you saw signs of Tyrese showing that he can, you know, do things in the clutch. And I think this year he's done that even better. Um, so that being kind of the initial signs of oh hey, Tyrese is gonna be that that guy for us is 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 really cool to uh, look back on for sure.
0: Similar to Wally for the Pacers Knicks game last night. With Patrick Beverly on him was made it a little more too and you know that that adds respect for both guys and look, no one talks about that anymore, right? You move past it once the moment happens, I think a similar thing will happen uh, with Zerbiak. One more break here, guys. So I can talk to you about the lovely people over at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it's simple what you do on Prize Picks. You pick more than or less than on two to six players to add projections and watch the winnings roll in. For example, this line might not be the specific line, but Luka Doncic for more than or less than 32 points, or LeBron James for more than or less than seven assists. That's what you pick. Two to six players every night and watch the winnings roll in with basketball season and football going at the same time you can do combo league projections for example lebron james and travis kelsey had a ten and a half combo of three of three pointers made plus receptions you can play alongside Prize picks favorite players like meek mill or comedian Andrew shoals you can do their community plays under their promos tab they have a reboot policy if your players get injured it's the best way to play daily fantasy sports so go to prizepickscom slash lockdown nba use the code lockdown nba for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars that's prizepickscom slash LockdownNBA with the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100 at PrizePix Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. All right, your second best of 2023, Zach Pearson.
1: Okay, so um, looking back, I, I think I talked a little bit about Wally earlier, but I wanted to say Tyrese making the all-star team. Oh, yes. Um, I think that was a cool moment for the franchise. I think he definitely earned it. There was a, a, so much banter that went into that, and I think um, I, I remember Woj saying something like, "You know, Wally's comments probably helped Tyrese get in." You know, so it's like peak marketing right there. But um, yeah, no, I think I think that whole saga was was really fun. I think you know, everybody really rallied around Tyrese because of that the player community did as well. A lot of quote tweets and tweets from players kind of supporting Tyrese. It's just cool to see. Uh, you know, Indiana's guy get that you know kind of love from from everybody, and and you want that. He's he's a young talent, and uh, you know he's he's going to probably represent Indiana for a long time at, at the All Star level. So um, yeah, that was kind of a, a cool start to that. And uh, 2023 really, um, you know, kind of I think it was that initial, like I said earlier, step forward for Tyrese, and and I think that's like I said, not something that's going to just go away. So. Uh, Yeah, that was was a really cool moment. And I think uh, there's many more to come.
0: Yeah, while he had those comments, December 18th, when the Pacers played the Knicks, and he was bad that night for his own standards five for 16, 15, and 10 game. And then (laughs) for the rest of 2022, so this isn't 2023, but the next six games, he averaged 27 points per game. He had the sick game in Boston, he had the game winner in Miami. Uh, they beat the Cavs, they beat the Clippers, they beat the Hawks, they beat the Heat and the Celtics in that six-game stretch. And he was awesome in all of them. And then the year flipped and he had three huge assist games as they beat Portland, who's still at Dame, and they beat Charlotte, and they beat Toronto. Like, that, that stretch of his play happening right after he got un-like inadvertently launched into more All-Star debates like made it more possible. I think his stats alone made it. In his play alone like they were i forget exactly where they were in the east right when his injury happened on on the 11th like in new york uh, ironically but they were they were in the like solidly in the mix of the standings at the time they had a winning record i believe or 500 record or something uh that's actually not that hard to check so that actually helped them and so to be that i think what was, what was yeah they were 23 and 19 when they lost in new york uh oh yeah because they were 23 and 18 halfway point so that helped him and to be named an all-star deservedly was, was awesome, something he very badly wanted, but he was like the last guy in, right? And so to have that kind of added attention and to follow it up with those games says a lot about him, right? Like he, uh, every moment in his career when he's been tasked with like, hey, here's a big moment for you. Like people are watching you. He's been like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to be really good for this stretch. So I agree. That was very cool. And he was ready for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Really, this entire season, I know it's it's uh, not like last season for his first All-Star, but like he really isn't having many bad games this year. I mean, maybe a handful, but like every game he's nearing a double-double if he doesn't have one um and and, you know he's just just the entire flow of the offense so um yeah i think it's just kind of cool to see his trajectory kind of stay on that pace and it like it really doesn't have bad games anymore which is a high standard to hold to but like that's the level he wants to play on so
0: yeah two things about that like one they're very rare and two well, because of how good he is, like when they happen, they just lose. <laughs> like they just, when they when they played the Magic this season, when he had eight points, like or no, he had eight against somebody else. He had twelve against the Magic. They had no chance. He had eight against I forget who. They had no chance, right? Like yeah. well, he he is so important for them, and that's good and bad. But it says a lot about what he is. Okay, I had two, I had a couple contenders for uh, the last best of twenty twenty three spot here. Um, funnily enough, yes, this game last night against well two nights ago if you're listening on just january 1st is a contender to me i know it's very recent to say that but to have i mean mean, look i was there so like a lot a lot is gonna stand out to me like rick carlisle with the quote of the year before the game uh comparing the pacers offense to a pretty girl uh but then their win-loss record to her sucking at defense was very funny um there was a baby race. There was the Zerbiak storyline. There was a fun basketball game. I was personally amped because I was watching the Pistons on press row, and they ended their losing streak. <laughs> um, they won an important game. They had set a franchise record as a team. They had a player tie a very – like like an assist record for a franchise is like a huge deal. He didn't break it, so it's not going to be like a huge, huge, huge story. And then to have it happen in a game with the side story of Zerbiak like, – That's cool. That's an awesome game. That is a fun night sold out against a team that they have a historic rivalry against. That is actually, I think what I would make my third moment of 2023, but I would subtly throw in the 309 point game in Atlanta. uh, Also in season tournament, of course, but that Hawks game was like, I will. not That's like an unforgettable kind of game, right? To have one of the top 20 scoring games ever, um, Like 152 to 157, are you kidding? Like it was the talk of the league the next day. Like people who cover other teams were texting me about it. I talked to – you know, I went to the Mad Ants game the next day. Like all them were talking about it. I asked Tom Hankins about it. Like ev- everybody – they shot over 60% from the field, the Pacers. <laughs> it was insane. The Hawks shot 60%. Both teams did. They were on fire from deep. They had no like insane stat lines but a lot of really good ones. But like just to see 157, 152 was absolutely nuts. To see them hit all these threes, it, it was it was crazy. They had so many like the Hawks had their record for points and a half. The Pacers had their record for points a game. I think Albert set some record that night. Uh, I think oh yeah, it was threes made by a Pacers player. Like there was so many things that happened. You're like holy cow, this game was just insane. There, there was records after records, and it was so nuts.
1: Yeah, I think if you're the Hawks and you score 152 and lose, that's got to be the most depressing, uh, you know, experience post game. You know, like what more can we do? You know, but um, I, I think the the Knicks game as well last night, being a contender for sure. I think uh, it's kind of just the perfect way to end the year. I think you're on the uptrend. You have a new lineup. Um, and uh, you, you're really trying things out. I think Carlisle's going to really uh, keep experimenting, probably. Bruce Brown still has to return, so you see where he fits in the lineup as well. But, um, you yeah, know, I think that was the perfect way to end 2023, and uh, hopefully it's going to be at that same level uh, going forward.
0: Oh, I okay. I remember the other records now from that game. Tyrese Halburn's third quarter, we had 26 points, broke the old record, which was held by... Tyrese Halberton, and Jordan Wara, um, uh, funnily enough, in Atlanta. I forgot about that third quarter when I was just looking at the box score. I uh, had the record for threes in a quarter. The Pacers were one shy of their record. Obviously, 157 to 152 speaks for themselves. Maybe that should be my third one. I mean, just that's just insane. Those numbers are off the charts. Zach, your last one, your last 2023 best of for the
1: Pacers. Okay, so this one is really not a a moment, um, but more of just the emergence of Jalen Smith and Aaron Neesmith. Nice. I think in the lineup they are proven, and I'm always going to root for those 2020 draft guys that we got um, that that can really just just prove prove themselves night in and night out. Um, you know, going from another team that maybe thought they didn't have it, or for whatever contract reasons didn't want them. Um, but, you know, they were counted out and, and they found their way in Indiana. Um, Neesmith has been incredible. I mean, last night had seven threes, uh, 25 points. Uh, Jalen Smith has been the, the, the backup big for them before starting now um, with the, the lineup change. So uh, they're, they're two guys that, you know, Carlisle relies on. And I think they're playing insanely well. Jalen Smith shooting awesome numbers from three this year. He's been great around the rim. Uh, rebounding well, um, so I, I, I'm just I'm just glad that those guys kind of found their way a little bit. I think they got room to grow as well. Uh, but defensively, Neesmith has been awesome, um, and they're just two guys that are easy to root for. So I'm just glad that they got their chance, and and they're doing really well with it. Um, so it's not an exact moment, but I think that them just emerging, like I said, as as real uh, contributors to this team is is is, uh, is really cool to see.
0: Yeah, Ne Neesmith, uh, the whole year has been like slowly ascending. And I clearly, I think there's a part of him that is really attached to the Pacers, both because he's got an opportunity here. And because of, you know, shifting the narrative of that trade he had with the Celtics. And like, we were talking about this last night in the, in the press room. And some of it is just that he just had a phenomenal game, right? He had seven threes last night, but like what a bargain that contract already is. And they have him for four, more years. I mean, he has been phenomenal on defense, like, especially when he's not guarding a guy seven inches taller than him and he's shooting like i think he leads the league in three point percentage or he's second like he has just been absolutely yeah. ridiculously good for the pacers on both ends like that that's a great player to have on their team and yeah smith had a rocky last season but they figured out what position made sense for him and he got benched and said okay i'm going to i'm going to use this as an opportunity i'm not going to sulk about this and he has been phenomenally better than than last season like at every single skill in a meaningful way for the pacers they both deserved to be starters, and we'll we'll see if this works long term. But through three games, they've both been great. That lineup's been great. Smith Turner looks like a completely different front court than last season. I mean, their emergences, they're both still young, right? Like that, that getting having them both and having them both have this ascent is just phenomenal for the pacers to have more young guys who are meaningfully important to their team. I mean the, the, that is big picture important, but Micro important to have them both be good is, is huge for the team, and it's been very fun to see this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the 2020 guys just uh, continuing to prove themselves. I think we have, uh, we don't have all of them, but it feels like <laughs> it. I mean, so it, it's cool to see that opportunity just, just be given to them, and and they've earned it. I mean, you can tell on the court it, it shows. So,
0: and Wara, am I missing? I mean, obviously, Halliburton. I mean, I wonder if they'll get any more uh, as the season. Yeah. progresses Fun year 2023 was pacers didn't accomplish what they wanted last year but they certainly look like they're on a path to play a game after the regular season at least this year because of growth they put in in 2023 speaking of meaningful games we'll go shorter on this because there's a lot that happened last night and i have a lot to talk about with the bucks this week might be a rivalry brewing we'll see what monday brings us uh, you can't ignore it. i have to talk about the bucks a little bit i hope it's a rivalry because i love nba games with added passion I think Giannis is going to be up for it after what happened. I think the Pacers are going to be ready after what happened. Uh, what are you looking forward to in Pacers Bucks tonight?
1: Well, it'll be cool to see who gets the game ball uh, <laughs> after after game. After um, the third 2020 game, do the Bucks steal the game ball? Yeah, we'll see. you never know. We'll find out, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, so what's funny is like I think the last three years, Pacers just like never beat Milwaukee. Never um so it's just like you know just to have two this year is is cool but uh you know we got more chances so you know the Pacers lost their last matchup to Milwaukee uh which which was I think their first this year um and then you know it'll be interesting to see what that lineup change uh does for the Pacers you know I think their last matchup had healed Toppin and Brown starting versus the the new guys Now I don't know if uh Bruce Brown will play if he's coming back yet but what the lineup looks like with him inserted in it will be, you know, interesting. I hope Neesmith still starts just because of the way he guarded Giannis last time. Um, that seemed like, you know, at least a, a good matchup, even though we don't have a ton of people that can do that. He's always been up for it. So I guess I'm just looking forward to see what that will look like. You know, defensively, you always have to worry about Giannis. So yeah. um, see if we can <laughs> <about> stop him <laughs> or contain him, you know.
0: Yeah. He had a franchise record for points last time, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. They can't stop him. Like, and this sounds dumb because they've won three of their last four against the Bucs. But, like, I always would joke if Giannis plays, like, they can't beat the Bucs. They just can't. Last year, that this was this was the – I put this on the list when I was making my 2023 best of list. I cut this game first. It was the first game I cut. But they did win in Milwaukee last year in March in a game that um, Giannis did play in. That was the game McConnell had, like, 19-12, and 12 and they had 22 threes and the didn't even play, and they they somehow won because they were just on fire from deep. Like George Hill had 15 points. Um, that game was phenomenal. So that that my I, I keep saying that they struggle with Giannis because I go back to like Giannis' whole career. But recently they've done better. Uh, but you kind of throw out the past after what happened in the last game, right? Like with the game ball, with the chippy foul from Giannis on Tyrese, with the chippy foul from Aaron Smith on to Giannis, with the Tex. I mean, I. Uh, bring in Oscar Sheba who knows? James Johnson's around now. Like, that's going to be something, I think. Um, and I, I hope it's a rivalry brewing. I think it's going to be more personal. And I think that it, the in season tournament alone elevated the meaning of these games, but now there's a lot more to it. So I hope it's a rivalry. I am looking forward to it myself. Zach, this was fun. Thank you for the time as we close out the year. Great year at Lockdown Pacers and you all listening. Are the reason that's possible where can people find you and your work covering the indiana
1: pacers zach pearson yeah so uh you can find what i write at PacerPress.com and uh my my twitter's below at, at za pearson nba so come check it out
0: give zach a follow he will be
1: covering some games this season in GameBridge Fieldhouse.
0: um i will be in the pfizer forum tonight for pacers bucks i will be on tracking the game ball duty for all 48 minutes of action so we'll see Uh, what happens there if anything actually comes of it so last travel podcast tomorrow either in um a hotel or in the pfizer form we'll see and then back to the home base for a long time i apologize for the many shows with different audio and video quality but thank you all for listening both today and this whole year it's a blast to do the show I absolutely love it. We're talking Pacers bucks tomorrow, and I'll probably do a segment on the Ananobi trade because he's not on the Pacers. What does that mean? If anything, where do the Pacers, Raptors, et cetera, go next? Lots of cover in Pacer land. Big games coming. Huge month of their schedule coming. We'll talk about it all in on Lockdown Pacers. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you next year.